All right, man. All right, Brian, stand by. Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you on the show today. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help you hold on and stand strong. For more information about that, you can go to 41willcome.com or chuckytate.com. 41 Strong is the result of a book published by me back in August of 2016 called 41 Will Come. What's really great today is I have a, a friend of mine in the studio who has a forthcoming book with Tyndale House. Of course, my book, 41 Will Come, is with Tyndale House. That's how I was able to, to get to know him. He has an extraordinary story it is both gut-wrenching and hopeful. I know you're going to be encouraged. His name is Brian Jackson. He is live right now on the line with us from St. Louis. Brian, welcome to 41 Strong, man. So good to have you here today. Well, Chuck, thank you for having me. And yes, I'm live from St. Louis. I got a, I, from my understanding, in Peoria, Illinois, uh, you might have a little bit of Cubs fans, so I gotta apologize for wearing my uh, Cardinals hat. But we're number one right now, baby. Number one, number one in your home, number one in your heart. <laughs> oh man, I have missed an opportunity to wear my Cubs hat today. Um, yeah, man, we got Cubs Cardinals rivalry going strong. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, strong, baby. Oh. Uh, well, you know what? There are actually a lot of Cardinal fans here in Peoria. You're either Cardinals or Cubs. In fact, our, we have a, um, a farm team called the Peoria Chiefs, and it was Cubs, then it was the Cardinals, and now, I mean, then, yeah, now it's back to Cardinals again. It's Cardinals, Cubs, back to Cardinals. So anyway, yeah, you guys, after our loss last night, are in first place. So, man, we need to, like, go to a Cubs-Cardinals game together and just Facebook it live and, and um, duke it out. <laughs> I'll be down for that. I'll be down for that. I don't mind Cubs fans, but uh, if you're a Blackhawks fan, that's a, that's a different story. I need, uh, I need to teach you the gospel. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I, I, I got to say that, um, you know, when I first signed with uh, Tyndale House Publishing, um, they sent me a copy of your book, and it was extremely extraordinary, and I was like, you know, I got to meet that guy, and I got to connect with him. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that we're friends, and um, this is going to be a great interview. 
Hey, thanks, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us and encourage our, our viewers and encourage our listeners. In fact, I'm looking forward to having you here live sometime in the studio, as well as getting you to speak at Rock Church. Because you know what? For those that are just getting to, to meet you right now, you're an internationally known speaker. You're an award-winning speaker. Um, like I mentioned, a soon-to-be-published author with Tyndale. And you even... Hold a Guinness Book of World Records, which we'll get to that a little bit later on. But um, why don't we begin, Brian, by by sharing? Oh, there it is, right there, <laughs> holding it up. You got it. verified. <laughs> oh man, I am honored to know you, man. <laughs> um, Brian, let's let's. Um. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, you're fine, man. Um, you know, man, when there's a little delay with technology and that mixed with my hearing aid sometimes causes for um, inter interesting moments. But um, nonetheless, man, like I said, I want to thank you for, for being here and hanging out. And I want to get into your story, give you the opportunity to, to, to share it. Um, obviously, for 41 Strong viewers and listeners, I'm sure there are a number of people that have yet to hear your story. So um, why don't you bring them up to speed? Like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching, but it's filled, filled with hope. So why don't you just go ahead and, and go for it, man? Um, yeah, so my story will start all the way back in 1991 when I was born. I was born to a very loving mother. But my father, at first, he really wanted a child, but then he was like, uh, this can't be my child. And he'd always find every excuse of why I couldn't be his kid. And then um, finally, and, you know, he was in and out of the picture. And then um, I was born with asthma complications. So fast forward to when I was 11 months old, I was hospitalized for an asthma attack. And my father um, made a surprise visit. And the reason why I say surprise visit is because I was about ready to be chucked out of the hospital. And my father just shows up after my mother tried contacting him all week to say that, hey, your son's in the hospital. But um, after several attempts to like, call his workplace, to call his home, she couldn't get through to him. Even she got like a secretary who was saying, Mr. Stewart doesn't have a kid, but here he is showing up out of the blue. And my mom had been up uh, 24 hours the night before. She was hungry, she was tired, and she just wanted something to drink. And my mom asked my dad, hey, we're waiting for Brian's discharge papers. Could you go down to the cafeteria and get me something to drink? He said, no, I'll stay here and watch your kid while you go get something to drink. And that's what, how he always referred to me, is your kid, your kid, your kid. He was always, I was always somebody else's.
Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, let me let me um, let me jump in here. Did you say you were 11 years old when this happened? 11 months old. Okay. <laughs> glad glad I clarified that because yeah, I was I was confused. I thought you were uh, an infant when this happened. So um, 11 11 months old, and um, your father to get out of. For one, he would never admit that you were his child. He always referred to you as your mom's kid, not, not his own. And then while you were in the hospital, he sent her to the cafeteria. And while she was in the cafeteria, he took some HIV infected blood and injected it into you basically to kill you off so he wouldn't have to pay child support. That, that's correct? That is absolutely correct. Um, I, first of all, you know, I, I just, that's, that's hard to comprehend that, that, that happened. And obviously I'm, I'm sorry that, that you've gone through, had to go through that, but I know that you're stronger today because of it. Let, let, let me ask you this. How old were you when, when you finally found out about this and in, in, and maybe even before you get that, how, how long before anyone else figured this out? So we didn't figure this out until um, 1996 when I went from being this playful, happy, playful, energetic five-year-old to this bloated, feverish, sick kid. Hey, hey Brian, I'm, I'm going to um, jump in. I'm going to jump in and cut you off real quick. Sorry. For some reason, I've lost audio of you. I can hear myself, but um, I have lost audio of you. So I'm not, I want to make sure that, that we can get that remedied so, I can, so I'll be able to interject correctly and hear what you're saying. So I'm um, not for sure what happened there, but I seem to have, have lost, lost audio. And... Um, so I'm sure our, our producer Mike's gonna. Can you hear me now? Probably check on that, and I don't know if if Mike, if you can hear Brian, but for some reason, I cannot. So, guys, if you could stand by. <laughs> see what um, what we could do here all right Brian do you want to try um, un just connecting your headphones and then connecting them back in and see see if that works can you hear me now I can hear him now okay he's back all right all right I can hear you now praise the Lord Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. We, thought, we, we thought we were going to have to do a mid-interview reset, but we are, 
We are good. This is what makes, makes it doing it live so crazy, right? Um, all right, now I can hear you. So be, be, before we lost audio, um, I asked, especially for those that are just joining us now, this live interview, when you were 11 months old, um, your father did not want to admit that you belonged to him. He referred to you as your mom's kid, and you were in the hospital, and he sent her to the cafeteria. While she went to the cafeteria, he took a vial of HIV-infected blood and injected it into you to get out of paying child support. So how, how long before a doctor, a physician, your mom, before somebody realized what had happened? So it wasn't until 1996 when I went from being this playful, happy, energetic, feverish, sick kid. I had three dreams and ambitions. I wanted to be a Power Ranger. I wanted to fight crime, you know. Uh, second dream was I wanted to be a whale trainer because I watched this amazing movie called Free Willy. And then the third thing I wanted to be was a underwear matter, but we don't have to talk about that. But hey. here I am, just <laughs> living, life, living life at large, and then all of a sudden, my body begins to break down to where my mother's carrying me to numerous doctor's appointments, begging the doctors to find out why I was appearing near death. And since I wasn't at risk for HIV, and my father was long gone out of the picture, I wasn't being tested for it. Instead, they tested me for... Um, just different diseases, and all of a sudden, um, my mom said, I remember his father threatening that he could use something to and get away with it. And I remember him saying, don't worry about live, looking me up for child support. Your child's not going to live long. And that same night, my pediatrician woke up from this nightmare and sweat and called down the hospital and said, test him for HIV. They ended up testing me for HIV. The results came back. I was diagnosed with full-blown AIDS. Hmm. And after coding twice, the doctor gave me five months to live and sent me home from the hospital with no hope. Hmm. Wow. And that was in 1996? That was in 1996. Wasn't supposed 19... to see the age of six? But uh, I just celebrated my 27th birthday this year. Yeah, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a, what a story of, of survival. What a story of hope. So let, me, let me ask you, when, so you were just five or six years old then when, when you found, found this out. What, what went through your mind as a, as a child? And, um, and then what what did your mom do about it? What happened to your, to your father? How did you navigate through those, those feelings? All of the above. Um, well, my father was arrested, and now he's serving a life sentence in prison um, for um, intentionally injecting me with the HIV virus. Um, at the time, I knew I was dying. I knew something was wrong. There had been nights that I woke up screaming in the hospital, Mom, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. 
And the only thing that my mom could always promise is that it was going to be okay. Hmm. I mean, what, what, do, what do you do in that situation? I mean, yeah. your, your son is dying and you want to offer him comfort and you can't say, oh, you're not going to die or, oh, it's going to get better because you don't even know that. The doctors just give you a five, five months prognosis. So what do you tell him? And the only thing she could come up with is that she loved me and that um, she's sorry and that it's all Yeah. And now fast forward, you're, you're 27 and it's okay. Um, How is your health today? What, what did the doctor say today? I'm still an AIDS patient, but I feel healthier than a horse. I mean, in the last two years, I've lost like 50 pounds. I feel like I'm 25 again, man. Awesome. So, hey, um, Brian, we lo- I lost your audio again. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay, okay, good. It's back. Good. Um, Wow, man. So, so what a story. Let me, let me ask you, where does, where does faith, where does God come into play with this? What, you know, when your mom told you, hey, everything's going to be okay, at that time, was, was she a believer? Was she a woman of faith? Did, um, how did you come to know Christ yourself? Can you, can you share where, where God comes into the mix in your story? Absolutely. Um... I grew up in uh, the Methodist Church. My family attended um, Moscow Mills Methodist Church. It's uh, in the rural area of St. Louis, Missouri. But, uh, you know, throughout life, I feel like life got crazy and my family started falling away from the church and we weren't able to go. Um, we all had issues that we were dealing with. And so Christ wasn't exactly a priority in my family's life. Yes, we did pray. Yes, we did believe. But I say I didn't really become a Christian until, you know, from the first day of school, I wasn't allowed to go to school. And they said, I I can go to school, but I can't drink from the water fountain. I can only come for half a day and I can't use any of the restrooms. And so there's the start of this uh, rejection that I've already felt um, beyond my father. And then it wasn't just a school who was putting these limitations on me. It was parents who were leaving me out of birthday parties and social invitations. And by the time I got to fifth and sixth grade, it wasn't the parents who were saying anything. It was my own peers who had run away from me in the hallway like I had again. Call me names like A's boy, gay boy, freak. And I started to lose that innocence in me 
and really start to feel the weight of all this rejection. And so one night I made a decision that I was going to do everybody a favor. I was just going to end my life because I'm just wasted space. And in this moment of desperation, I, ha I have three knives in front of me, but more so important, this voice caught me to my Bible. And I read this uh, passage in the Bible. It's a Psalm of David. Why so downcast, O my soul, put your hope in God. And that word hope stuck out to me. And so I had to start doing a lot of searching in life. What is hope? And I, I came to the conclusion that hope is a perspective. Hope is a belief. And hope is Jesus Christ. And that's when I finally, finally started to get it. Wow. Man. Whew. What a story. What a story of, of somebody that has overcome overwhelming rejection, like you said, not just from your father, but growing up as a child and being called names and having people run away from you and all those things. Um, sounds like what a divine appointment that God had you see that scripture from the Psalms in that moment. Why so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. And you've done that. You've put your hope in God. And now God has taken a mess and turned it into a message. He's taken a test and he's turned it into testimony. One that you're willing to share. And not only that, God has given you a platform to be able to share hope. So I can't wait for your book to be released because I already know it's going to help so many people. You know, a number of people struggle with you know, rejection by their parents being told they're an accident, you know, having a, a, a parent that doesn't want them, having, you know, kids in school, you know, make fun of them and throw them under the bus, all those different things. But I can't think, but I'm reminded of Ephesians 2.10 that says that you, Brian, and everyone that's watching and listening today, you know, you are God's masterpiece. That's what the scripture says, that we are his workmanship, that God saw us before we were ever conceived doing good deeds. That means you weren't an accident and God chose you. He's the one who fashioned you in your mother's womb and your earthly father may have tried to take you out, but your heavenly father had plans before your parents even hooked up. He had plans for you and now you are walking out those plans and you are, you're taking some of the hurt and the pain and the rejection, the things that you've gone through and you're using that as a platform now to speak hope into other people's lives. So thanks, man. Thank you for um for giving me hope today man oh well i mean it's not always an easy path i mean it's easier said than done i think i stand by that um thank you for your kind words thank you for that verse um i think you might have just given me my next tattoo idea <laughs> um but I, I just want to encourage anybody who's watching. I mean, we all are going to face hardship in life. I, I think from the beginning of time, there was always storm. But we couldn't see those storms because when God created the earth, he created that personal relationship with us. And so our sights were always set on him. And so we couldn't see the storm. And it wasn't until Noah that we started seeing the storms. You know, the story of 41 will come. Uh, but I don't think storms are the problem. I don't think what we're going through is really the problem. And I had to come to a place where I realized that I was asking two questions. 
And yes, we can be asking the wrong questions. The first question I was asking is, why is this happening to me? And what can I get out of this? And I saw that you know, the why, why, why is this happening to me is a why not me. You know, God put specific things in your life and plans in your life to help you overcome and become a better person who relies on him. And therefore, through that, the storms don't make sense anymore because you have hope. And hope is a perspective that you have to have. And so when you ask why not me, you're embracing, I believe you're embracing Romans 5 that says suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not fail. Amen, man. That means that the grass isn't, the grass isn't going on the other side of the fence. It's going away you water it. And God wants to grow something with you right where you are. You don't go, got to go around the world. You don't got to go as simple as turn around and bam, there it is going to be. But it takes a journey to almost get there. And so the, what can I get out of this portion of that is what I realized is life is less about what you can give and more about what you can give. And when you submit to the giver of life, you start realizing how much more power it is in giving and laying your life down for people and being a product and I was just like at 13 what do I have to give well I have a past therefore I have a story if I'm not sharing my story with the world what's the world missing and I realized the world is missing hope and that is where I come from is like God thank you for giving me that answer let's go speak that out into the world make me become a motivational speaker. And I became a motivational speaker at the age of 18. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. Well, you know, storms are part of life. Everyone watching, everybody listening today is going to go through a storm at some point. I mean, you're either about to go into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And Brian, you're a great example of somebody that was in an overwhelming storm, but you didn't quit, you didn't throw in the towel, you didn't roll over, you didn't just hang your head and, hang your head and say, woe is me, you stood up, you withstood the storm, 41 did come for you, and now you're sharing your story. One thing that we say in our church a lot is every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And while your name didn't mean much to your earthly father, it did to your heavenly father, your story matters. And now you're sharing your story. You're sharing your story in your book. You're sharing your story as a life coach. You're sharing your story as a international speaker. And man, I just want to say I'm, I'm encouraged by you. I know those that are watching and listening are encouraged. And I know if you could say something to them, you would say, your story matters. Share your story. Share the message of hope. There's always hope. You hit it on the head with Jesus. With Jesus, there's hope. So um, can you just take a moment and um, and just in just a few moments, I'm going to have you, before we sign off, encourage our listeners or viewers by giving them a kind of a final farewell message to hold on and to stand strong. But, but before we do that, um, as a speaker, you're, we went, mentioned earlier, you're an award-winning speaker. And that ties into the Guinness World Book of Record that you held up on, on a plaque just a moment ago. Why don't you tell us real quick about that world record? So um, this is a word record for most species 
<laughs> in 24 hours. And um, the person I had to beat to get this record was, uh, if anybody's political out there, um, <laughs> and um, bring the community together. But secondly, I wanted to prove to people that I do not believe in extraordinary people. All those characters you see in the Bible are not extraordinary people. They're ordinary people who have done extraordinary things. And the extraordinary thing is to simply accept Christ and allow him to be your rock through that. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, congrats on the Guinness World Book. Uh, record. There's not a lot of people that can that can say they're in the Guinness World Book of Records, man. So 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 right on. And I love the fact that you did it by consecutive speeches of speaking hope into people's lives, man. How how cool is that? Well, listen. Before we go, um, I gotta I gotta mention this, man. Um, you mentioned when you were a kid that when you when you grew up, you wanted to be a Power Ranger, right? So back. In the 90s, I used to have a mullet, <laughs> and um, apparently back in the day, I, I looked like one of the Power Rangers. I don't even remember which one, but this is a true story, man. I was actually traveling and doing some speaking, and I was doing a youth convention in Mobile, Alabama, and myself and our road crew were in a Wendy's, and I was in line inside Wendy's, and some woman came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and she said, excuse me, sir, but do you, do you see my little boy over there? And I just turned and looked and there was this little itty bitty, probably three or four year old boy with big wide eyes just staring at me. And I said, yeah. She goes, he thinks you're a power ranger. Can you do me a favor and just go over and say hi to him and pretend you're a power ranger? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, sure. So I actually got out of line, and as I started walking towards him, I actually did a somersault in the restaurant there at Wendy's, and I jumped up and did this high karate kick, came down on my knees, put my hand out, shook his hand, and said, nice to meet you, buddy. And man, <laughs> you should have seen his face. He just stared at me and got the biggest grin ever. So from that moment on, I was a Power Ranger in my own eyes, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I think the whole emphasis for me was just being a superhero. But I, I think, you know, God's called me to that every day. But, I mean, that's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. And I tell people <laughs> all the time, if somebody mistakes you, if somebody mistakes you for somebody else, just go with it. You know, Simon got, um, Paul, uh, Paul Simon ended up doing it because somebody caught him out. He came up with this, like, incredible hit called They Call Me Out or something. And so, uh, you know, people mispronounce my name. Is it, is it Barry? Is it, is it Barron? And I'm like, yep, sure, go with it. So anytime you get the opportunity to just be somebody else, just go with it. Because oh, you never know true. if you're going to get a story like that. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny uh, is I, when I was posting about this podcast, I, I've already had more than one person ask me if I misspelled your name because it's B-R-R-Y-A-N. So uh, you got an extra R in there? Man, you just got to know it's supposed to be like that. Go for it, man. 
Uh, well, listen, before we, before we sign up, would you do me um, a favor? And for those that are watching and listening right now that maybe they're struggling with rejection, those that feel hopeless and lost, they have lost the fact that their identity is in Christ, would you just say a, just a real short prayer? I don't want to put you on the spot, but just, 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 just a, a prayer of encouragement for those that are watching and listening will find the same kind of hope that you found. Would you be willing to do that before we sign off? Heavenly Father, just uh, we come to you with this heavy heart of things of the world, Lord, but we are here to lay down that baggage. We are here to forgive those in our past. We are here to forgive, not to free them, but to free us to be in your presence, Lord Jesus, and to fill our hearts with what you have in store for us. And right now, it may seem like the floods are coming back, but you promised that the flood, our lives would never be flooded again, Lord Jesus, because you are good and you keep your promise. And Lord Jesus, continue to remind us of your promises. Continue to help us seek out the promises in your, in your scripture and bring them to heart, Lord Jesus. And if there's any rejection, any anything that is holding us back from pursuing you, Lord Jesus, let us cry out. Let us lament, Lord Jesus. Let us get into the deepest form of worship and lay down everything at your feet, Lord Jesus, because you are good and you are God and you make all things whole. And for every place that there's straight. You are the straight area. You are the truth. And thank you for being obedient to the calling that the Lord has given you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for us so that there is now hope in this world. And Lord Jesus, just write that on everybody's heart is H-O-P-E, but underlining that with your name because you are good. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, man, thank you so much, Brian. Well, listen, man, you didn't grow up to be a Power Ranger, but you did grow up to be a superhero, man. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for being willing to share your story, not just with us, but with the world. Um, wait for your book to come out. When it comes out, we got to have you back on in the studio, and we'll have you at Rock Church as well, man. So listen, before we go, can you tell our viewers and listeners how they can find you um, on website, social media? So I'm on all social media platforms. Instagram's my favorite. If you want to Snapchat me, that's cool too. But to look me up, it's at B-R-R-Y-A-N-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. So there's two R's and a Y. Don't forget that. But look me up. If there's anything that you're going through, please reach out to me, whether it's on social media or my website, brianjackson.com. I would love to hear your story, and I would love to know if there's anything that you're struggling with to overcome. Hey, right on, man. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, guys. Brian Jackson. For more information about him, you can go to brianjackson.com, brianjackson.com. Remember, that's B-R-R-Y-A-N. Jackson.com. 
So for our producer, Mike Sable, my name is Chuck Tate. Thank you for joining us for 41 Strong. We'll see you next time. PeoriaLife.com.